add my Merry Christmas to everybody here. So good seeing everybody here in this room and out in the atrium and joining us online from all over. And, you know, for people all around the world, all around the world, young and old, Christmas is probably the happiest time of the year. Over 90% of Americans say that they celebrate Christmas. And you know, when you logged onto your computer today, or you looked at your cell phone, you saw the date. You looked at December 24th, 2018. And we don't talk about this often, but that year, 2018, that's 2018 years from what? It's from the birth of this baby named Jesus. Oh, this is the time we celebrate his birth. And you can't log on to your computer, can't look at your cell phone and not see the date and think of this man. I mean, we have cities in our country. We have like St. Paul, Minnesota. How many people here from Minnesota? Raise your hand up real high, Minnesota. You from St. Paul? Anybody from St. Paul? Why is there a St. Paul? Minnesota. It's because Paul, the apostle Saint Paul, was a follower of Jesus and he wrote the majority of the New Testament. Who's here? Anybody from Los Angeles area? Raise your hand up. Los Angeles? Uh, why is there a Los Angeles? Why? It's the city of angels. The angels were the ones that sang announcing of Jesus' birth to the shepherds. They sang joy to the world. The Lord has come. Oh, anybody from the Bay Area, San Francisco? San Francisco? Yeah, why is there a San Francisco? St. Francis was a follower of this man, Jesus. Who's here from Texas? Anybody Texas? Uh, anybody from San Antonio? San Antonio? Why is there a San Antonio? It's because St. Anthony was a devoted follower of this man, Jesus. Who's here from Greeley? Anybody from Greeley? Yeah. Oh, hey, don't laugh. I love Greeley. I met my wife in Greeley. Two of my daughters went to school in Greeley. I got a grandson going to school in Greeley. Jessica was born in Greeley. I love Greeley. Why is there a Greeley? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Jesus does not even know why there's a Greeley. But you cannot look at cities on a map all over the world. Uh, in 2018 years later and not be reminded of this man, Jesus. And I love what was read for us earlier from Luke chapter two. You know, when the angels announced to the shepherds the birth of Jesus, I love it when they said to the shepherds, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. I bring you really good news of great joy for all people. Notice those last three words, for all people. Any restrictions there? No. Any qualifiers in that verse? No. Any limit there on who, they, who Jesus came for? No. Uh, any conditions? No. Of uh, the good news of the birth of Jesus, the good news of Christmas is for all people, for everybody, young, old, rich, poor, uh, married, single, widow, orphan, doesn't matter, gay, straight, transgendered, homeowners, homeless, citizens, refugees, doesn't matter. You could be Buddhist, you could be Jewish, Muslim, could be Hindu, could have no faith in God at all. The good news of the birth of Jesus is for all people. That's what the angel said, all people. 
Everybody. And since it's for everybody, let me ask a quick question of everybody. You know, if you were God and you saw this planet you created and you love and you saw people on this planet that you created and love and you saw them sinking in seas of hopelessness and you already planned on sending your son to earth, how would you plan his arrival? Think about it. You're God. How would you plan the arrival of your son? You'd have a lot of options. You're God. I mean, you could plan an arrival that would challenge the opening of the Olympics. Or it'd be better than the halftime show of the Super Bowl with Bruno Mars. <laughs> it could be better than New York City, Times Square, New Year's Eve. You could plan any arrival you want for your son. You could have him born in the most impressive city in the world, most impressive location, to the most impressive parents in the world. I mean, if you were God, you could plan that kind of arrival for your son to planet Earth. Or you could plant the exact opposite, which is what God decided to do. And God picks a, a tiny rural town. Peasants, refugees for parents. Has them born in a stable instead of a castle. Laid in a manger instead of a golden crib. And who was there to witness it? The shepherds got the announcement. They were there. And maybe some, some sheep and some goats. And for 2,000 years, thinking people have asked the question, why? Why no, why no big, elaborate, glamorous arrival? Why no fanfare? Why the low-budget arrival? Why no fanfare? Why no CNN breaking news? God had his reasons. God had his reasons. And I guarantee when, when Mary, you know, when Mary found out where she was going to give birth to the baby, she didn't say to Joseph, oh, Joseph, they're giving us a stable? Cool. She didn't walk in there and go, this is sick, as the kids say. Not at all. Nobody went in there ahead of time. Nobody went in there ahead of time with handy wipes and a Swiffer and a Dyson. You know, it cleaned the place up. I guarantee it didn't happen. The barn looked and smelled like all barns. That stable was not a good place to have a baby. Not at all. It was crowded with smelly animals. Dark, damp, rodent infested. Just like any other barn, stable. A rotten place for a baby to be born. You know, when my daughters were young, on Christmas Eve, I'd always read them the Christmas story. And when Rachel was old enough to ask questions, she said, Dad, what was the stable really like? And I thought a moment, I wanted to put it in terms that she would understand. I said to her, I go, well, think of Jessica's room without the stereo. <laughs> she went, oh, that's bad, that's bad. And when the shepherd showed up, they didn't add any uh, big class to the affair. Shepherds don't buy their clothes at Nordstrom. They're not known for hygiene, not at all. And the baby got laid in what? A manger. It's not a high-end product in some crib line. No, a manger's a feed trough for animals. Nothing more, nothing more. A feed trough for animals. And the angels announced that Jesus ending up here was not an accident. Not an accident. God sent Jesus. Here's the reason. God sent Jesus to live in the real world. The real world. Not the world of the rich and famous. The one percenters. The first noise Jesus heard 
was a grunt of cattle, livestock, donkeys. The first breath Jesus took, the air burned with the smell, smell of animals. And his first outfit made of rags. And God determined right there from the very beginning, he was not gonna shelter his son from the crude, rude realities of life on planet Earth. And here's the reason for it all. So when you pour your heart out to God, so when you pour your heart out to him, you'll know he understands whatever you're going through because Jesus has been there. He lived it. Life without advantage, he lived it. Poverty, poverty, he's been there. He lived it. Discrimination and oppression. Jesus was a refugee before his first birthday. Uh, rejection, he experienced it. Ridicule, part of his daily life. Abandonment by his closest friends at his deepest hour of need. Tied up in knots with anxiety, it was extreme for Jesus the night he was crucified. Tempted, he was tempted in every way. Death of loved ones, multiple times. Physical pain, more than you and I probably will ever experience in our life. And whenever you're, whatever you're experiencing in this life, you know, whatever drives you within an inch of your breaking point, which is probably where some people are today, whatever you experience that hurts you so deeply, that may cause you to say, you know what, I can't go on. Nobody understands what I'm going through. You look at a stable. You look at a stable and you be reminded Jesus understands. He understands he's been there and he can identify with you no matter what you're going through. And he cares for you more than you think he does. He does. And he'll show up in the messiest place imaginable. He'll show up in the messiest place imaginable. There's no place he won't go. There's no thing he will not do. There's no depth he will not descend to bring God's presence and God's love and God's grace and, his God, and God's hope to everyone, everybody who will have it. Everybody who will have it. And this is good news. It's good news for us today, 2018 years later, because the world we live in gets messier every year. I mean, words like ISIS and Al-Qaeda, they're still around, by the way. Uh, so are words like uh, Ebola and Zika and AIDS and opioid, opioid. That's a word we didn't even think about three years ago. That word's around. It's around, and this last year was filled with more gun violence, terrorism, war going on, racist groups on the rise in our own country, own country, homegrown terrorists, all of that, financial scandals in every sphere today. So many mass shootings, we don't even want to think about that. And there's still 68 million refugees in the world fleeing for their lives. Babies being born in horrible conditions, just like Jesus. And closer to home, let's bring it closer to home. I talked to a man not long ago. Not long ago, he lost his job. Uh, then he said his wife left. His wife left, took their two kids. Then in a short time, he got evicted out of their, from their apartment. He was living in his car. I have a friend, she went through a divorce this year, raising her child on her own. I have a number of friends battling cancer right now. One was in remission, 
thought so. Now it's back. We're, he's fighting. We're praying, praying for a miracle. How quickly things change in this life. How quickly things change in this life. You don't know, right? What a day or a year will bring. How quickly it can all change. I mean, side note, I think of the Broncos. I think they were, remember when they were 2-0, they start the season. Man, we're excited. Then they'd lose four in a row. How quickly, you know? Four in a row, they're out of it. Then they got to play the Chargers in LA. They beat the Chargers. Then they beat Pittsburgh. Then Cincinnati, right? They went three in a row. They're on a roll. Man, everybody's excited. They got swagger in their step. You know, we're thinking, they're making the playoffs, maybe the Super Bowl again. How quickly things change. How quickly things change, right? You never know what a year or a day will bring. Some of you could barely sing those carols a moment ago because uh, you had a relational breakdown happen this past year. Some of you lost your job or you lost your health this past year. You're wondering if this, this is going to be the last Christmas. Some of you, you know, your drinking got out of control this year again. And you know it. Everybody knows it. Everybody around you is scared. Or maybe your spending got out of control or your pace of life is out of control. Or maybe you, you got some self-destructive pattern going on in your life. And if you could break the pattern, you would have done it already. You would have done it already if you could. There are two words, two words you could say to God this Christmas. And you'll receive supernatural strength and hope that you desperately need. And what are those two words? The words are help me. Help me. Help me. God, would you do for me with your strength what I can't get done on my own? Whenever God hears those two words, help me, that melts God's heart because God loves you. God loves you. And I know I, I've said that, that I've said those three words, God loves you. I've said them every year for 22 years at these services. And every year I wonder, should I say that again? Should I, you know what I think? If I do, will people think that's the biggest cliche that they've ever heard? But every year I, I get the distinct feeling I need to say it. And so I'm gonna say it as sincerely as I can again. God loves you. God loves you and God sent his son to earth because God knew you'd come to a point in your life where you'd feel like you were sinking and you were hoping and you were praying that, that you could reach out to somebody and somebody would rescue you. God knew that. And God wants to set you free. God wants to empower you for, for new tomorrows, new beginning, new strength, a fresh start, a fresh start in 2019. And I say this because sometimes people think, oh, I got to get my act cleaned up. I got to get my act cleaned up. Then I'll, I'll, I'll have time for God or I'll get on some moral improvement plan. You know, and then, then I'll come to God. God says, that's not the way it works. It's not the way it worked for me. It's not. Here's the good news about Jesus. He doesn't care how messy your life is. He doesn't care what a mess it may be. Messes don't scare him. He started his life in a mess. Started his life, born in a stable, dressed in rags, laid in a manger, and he ended his life in a mess, wrapped in rags, hung on a cross. And when he went to the cross, the reason he went to the cross, he was taking on all the junk of this world, all of it upon himself, 
all the junk, the stuff you and I could never straighten out on our own, my sin, my junk, which there's still way too much of in yours. That's what he was taking upon himself. And I don't know what your last year was like, but I believe at the core of my being, this next year could be your best year. And this is the most important part of Christmas, right here, right here, right now. It's not the food, the parties, the music, the gifts, the people, as wonderful as all that is. The most important part of Christmas is right here. You say yes to God. You say, God, help me. You say yes to God. This next year could be the best year, the best year of your life. And I'm not talking about becoming religious. That'll screw you up. Nobody wants that. It's not what I'm talking about. World doesn't need more religious people. There's enough of that. What I'm talking about, the good news of Jesus for all people, is that a, a relationship with God is available to every person, a God who loves you. And some of you are going, okay, okay, how's that happen? I mean, really, how's it, how does it really happen? The first thing I always say is, got to admit you need help. Got to stop the denial and, and ask for help. I mean, everybody has a cell phone. Think about it. If you're in trouble, what do you do? You pull out your cell phone. You call a trusted friend that you know will come and help you. You think of God that way. I mean, in fact, Romans in the New Testament, the apostle Paul, St. Paul wrote this. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that word saved meant change, transform. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be transformed, changed, saved. And think of it this way. You punch in the number. And you think of God as a trusted friend. And you say, God, it's me. It's me, and I feel like I'm sinking. And I need help. Of the hundreds, of the thousands of people that have had their lives transformed and changed at our church right here, a high percentage of them, they would point to a Christmas service when a Christmas service, when they finally quit pushing God away and they said yes to God and they made the call. And God is coming to you right now. As I'm speaking, God is saying to you, friends come alongside friends when the going gets tough. And I'll walk with you this Christmas season in this life, no matter what you're going through. And I'll walk with you into the new year, 2019. And even if what you're facing is a valley of the shadow of death, I'll be there for you. And it'll be okay. It may get hard for a time, but I will, we'll, we'll make it. We will make it. And I'm going to stop uh, talking here. And in, in a minute, I'm going to pray a short prayer. But I want to give you just a minute where you have an opportunity to just have some quiet moments between you and God. And whatever's on your heart this Christmas, talk to God about that. Whatever it is. Maybe things are going great in your life. You would take this minute to just say, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Or maybe this is a time to ask for help. Because there's something going on in your life. You have this pain, this ache, this burden. And this would be a wonderful time, a wonderful time to say in your heart, God, I need help. I need you. I need your strength. 
I need your strength and I want to receive your gift of grace and, and forgiveness. And, and I ask you, Jesus, to be with me every moment, every moment of my life from here forward. You talked about, to God about whatever it is on your heart and then I'll pray. Let's bow our heads together. God, you know what's going on in every heart here. You know every story, and God, you hear every prayer. And I thank you, God, that you, that you are with us and that you love us all and that you care for us and you care about what we're going through in life and, and that you answer prayers. God, thank you that you are with us, not in just proximity, but you're with us, with us every day in the challenges and circumstances we face in our lives. No wonder the angels sang that Jesus is good news, good news of great joy for all people. And God, that you're available for anyone, for the asking, and that you love every person here, that you are for us in every way. May that reality grip our hearts today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.